Sarah Azzo, and this is the Tree Podcast, conversations about communicating climate change. Today we're talking about fossil fuel subsidies, that is, public money given to support coal, oil and gas, which, as we all know, are some of the key contributors to climate change. In 2009, the G20 countries pledged to phase out what they called inefficient fossil fuel subsidies. Yet today, fossil fuel companies are still getting $452 billion a year from G20 governments. Why is this the case? David Turnbull from Oil Change International explains. One of the reasons that we think that they are still so enormous is that there hasn't been a major wave of pressure within countries to change this. Um, We're working on that with Aleph and and others to change that story. Uh, But as of now, our feeling is that countries within their capital cities and and within within their jurisdictions have not really felt the pressure to actually live up to the commitments that they've made. Governments in developing countries sometimes argue that subsidies to fossil fuels are important to get people out of poverty by providing affordable energy access. Elif Gunduzieli from Climate Action Network Europe explains why this argument doesn't hold water, using Turkey as an example. When we look at the picture from that way, like the energy access can be more sustainably provided to the people in poverty, then again we have to turn our faces to renewable energies and community-based small-scale renewable energy uh, sources, which would actually assure that people would be in the poorest part of the countries or the poorest parts of the world can actually produce their own energy that they need according to the the potential that they have. For instance, in Turkey, um, the, the coal that is burned is like the 50% of co- of that coal is lignite, local lignite, which is the, the dirtiest type of coal. And uh, a lot of like premature deaths are caused by that. And the other half is imported from elsewhere, like Colombia, Australia, etc. But then when you look at Turkey's renewable energy potential, then it would be a very difficult argument to say that people need coal to have access to energy because Turkey has a great potential of solar power and wind as well, and plus geothermal, etc. So like the geographically and in terms of natural resources, Turkey has all the potentials to provide energy from alternative resources, from renewable resources to people in a more sustainable way. Whereas when you uh, render people, local people, to dig coal, for instance, dig lignite first in, in very unqualified and very... Uh, uh, bad circumstances, situations, and then burn it, making people sick, etc. Then it loses its its meaning. You know, like uh, you can provide okay energy to people from coal, but then at the same time, if the same coal is causing health problems and pollution and and deaths in mines, etc. Last year we had a huge coal mine explosion in Turkey. A lot of miners passed away. So when you look at all that, and if the governments look at their energy policies in a bit of a mid and long term perspective, then we can say that like giving subsidies to the renewable energy sector will be much more beneficial for the, the energy access as well. In November this year, around the G20 summit, there was a huge public campaign in Turkey, the G20 president this year, and worldwide, calling on governments to enact their pledge to stop funding fossils. But generally, how aware is the public of fossil fuel subsidies? It's uh, an important question and one that I'm uh, sad to say I think the answer is not 
not as much as they need to. The, the general understanding in the public is quite small on the real massive amounts of subsidies that are going towards the fossil fuel industry. Uh, unfortunately, people think that renewable energy gets vastly more subsidies than fossil fuels uh, because, of course, fossil fuels have been around for a long time and you think of subsidies as uh, things that are being, uh, you know, support for new industries. That couldn't be further th from the truth. The media prefers to focus on the support going to renewables, but fossil fuels get far bigger amounts of money. Uh, fossil fuel subsidies uh, vastly outnumber renewable energy subsidies on a global scale. Uh, something on the order of four times as many uh, fossil fuel subsidies are out there than subsidies for renewable energy. Um, and this is, uh, you know, obviously tipping the, the scales or, or making an uneven playing field uh, in support of the status quo of fossil fuel energy worldwide. One of the issues when communicating about these sums is their colossal size. How can we talk about such big sums of money in a way that makes sense to the public? In terms of communications, we did something for the Turkish press to attract attention because indeed that was a big question. I mean, when you talk about money, it's like $88 million or whatever. It's just money. It's kind of hard to imagine what it really is, like what you can make out of that money. So we did two comparisons of Turkey's public uh, subsidies to coal in Turkey, and this was uh, we so we did two infographics. One was comparing the amount of public subsidies that go to coal with the number of schools that could have been could, that could have been done with that money, and then the other one was Turkey's budget given to to emergency aid, like the public budget that is uh, given to the, the emergency aid in Turkey, which is also Again, from the communications perspective, it's a, something to pick up on so you can attract actually journalists to that, especially if you live in Turkey. Um, and it's climate-related as well. And that gave a good comparison as well. When you see the budget that goes to emergency aid, uh, which is the one-fifth one of, of subsidies that go to coal, then it becomes more meaningful. But it, of course, it depends from country to country what, what looks more meaningful and what is more attractive to the media. When we focus our communications on governments, we can highlight the risk they are putting their budget at by banking on fossil fuels. Well, I think, uh, you know, the issue around, you know, really being dependent on fossil fuel subsidies for generating revenue for your budget or uh, ensuring that your, you know, citizens are, are able to, um, you know, gain access to energy is really problematic from the start. Um, you know, when you're talking about subsidizing an industry that's causing climate chaos, uh, you know, and then utilizing uh, revenues from that industry in order to balance your budget, you know, that's obviously a problematic situation. Um, we see that in states in the United States as well, where uh, they're doing, um, you know, massive amount of oil exploration and production in states like North Dakota or Alaska. Uh, but when the oil boom subsides, uh, the revenues that they receive from those companies subsides as well, and their state budgets are then uh, very much out of whack because they have been subsidizing an industry in order to, you know, gain royalties and, and other taxes from that industry in turn. And, and that sort of cycle is, is, is definitely problematic in the context of a, uh, you know, very volatile oil price 
let alone uh, our need to shift away from fossil fuels. Above all, our work as communicators is key to making a change. We feel that once people really understand that fossil fuel subsidy are, subsidies are as massive as they are, uh, they're going to get um, they're going to get activated and they're going to be concerned because um, you know the oil industry, uh, just speaking for the U.S., has been receiving subsidies for a hundred years. That's a that's an industry that has raked in record profits, has been some of the biggest companies in the the world in the history of the world, and it's not appropriate for them to be receiving government support, uh, our taxpayer dollars, uh, to support activities that uh, disrupt communities, that imperil uh, wildlife and ecosystems, and of course are contributing to climate change. And with that, we end our latest Tree podcast. Thank you to our experts, Elif Gunduzieli from Climate Action Network Europe and David Turnbull from Oil Change International. The Tree podcast is a product of the Global Call for Climate Action. You can find our other podcasts and many more tools for communicating on climate change on our website, treealerts.org.